Hi, I'm Michael Cashew. And I'm Adi Cashew, and you're listening to The WAG Podcast. This podcast is about health, wellness, and personal development. Each episode is a short conversation between Adi and I on a single topic with actionable steps. We cover everything from food, mindset, fitness, and relationships. We started WAG because of the way health and fitness changed our lives, so we hope to share a tool or two that helps you along your way. Hey, this is Adi Kaju, and you're listening to the WAG podcast. Today's episode is a little bit different. We had some people apply to do a live coaching session with me on nutrition and any obstacles that they're encountering. So today's episode is going to be a recording of one of those coaching calls. Hope that you get some value of listening to this person's story and how we talk about what's going on for them and maybe relating it to yourself. If you love this podcast, we would really appreciate you taking the time to leave us a five-star review and tell us what you love about it. Tell us what you're taking away from it. It is really the best way for us to get this podcast out there and to reach more people, and we would really appreciate you taking the time. So thank you, and let's get into this coaching call. So I'm here with Claudia. We're going to have a one-hour or 45-minute to an hour live coaching call, and This is part of a little series that we're doing for the podcast where I'm going to try and help Claudia out with a couple things in her nutrition. I know nothing about her. We've never met before other than she submitted an application with two questions. I don't remember exactly what the two questions were, but just maybe what's your biggest obstacle and what do you want to get from a a coaching call? And that's really all that I know. So hopefully our conversation which I think most conversations around this topic can relate to other people and everybody listening can get some value from it as well. But thank you so much for being on this call with me today. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Adi. It was awesome to hear that when you guys were taking these applications, I was like, oh, I definitely know what question I'm going to ask. Um, so it was, it was right at that transition of, so I kind of mentioned to you briefly that I had been tracking for about two and a half years and I was tracking, we had like a, our, our gym at the time was hosting one of the, you know, the, the challenges and we had a, a, someone help us kind of pick up macros and we tracked on our own and I wasn't quite seeing the results that I wanted. So I finally joined WAG, which was a decision that was, I should have done way sooner. Um, but I joined WAG in March and the results were just incredible. I think the primary thing I noticed was that the more I ate, the leaner I got. And it was fascinating. Um, I definitely took a tracking to a whole new level at that stage. So as I mentioned before, it was just tracking on your own. And I would say, oh, you know, chicken breast, let me, let me weigh this. Um, but through WAG, I learned there's a lot of different things that go into how much food weighs, including cooking um, options. So if you're going to grill chicken breast or boil chicken breast, or if you're going to saute your zucchini or, you know, boil your potatoes, that changes the weight. So I started measuring and weighing everything very precisely. I've started my vegetable intake. I counted one day, I think I had 18 vegetables. So my, my variety of nutrient dense foods really increased. And then as WAG finished off, I continued to track, continued to track and it, it became a lot. So I was, my, I, I cook every day for my husband and I, and I really enjoy it. We have a lot of yeah, friends. Um, we just moved um, to, a, to a new town, new state. So we're trying to make friends. We hosted a lot of events. I would make a lot of dinners and I was measuring everything pre-cooking, post-cooking. And then when we had, we were eating, I would measure everything onto my plate. So it got to the point where I think my anxiety around tracking became a little much. Um, so something I also noticed, which is probably uh, very important for this thing, this call and this topic, is I started noticing a big sign for me of my health was my period cycle started to get longer and longer. So I was wondering, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I putting too much stress on myself to be so perfect? Um, and after being so precise in tracking, I didn't want to go back to imprecise tracking. So I thought, okay, well, maybe I should, I should try intuitive eating. So then, and I don't know if this was before, after the initial podcast that you and Michael had um, came out about intuitive eating, 
but I really started to focus and made the final decision was really scary. You mentioned a couple of times on the podcast that it's so scary for someone to go from tracking to not was the most terrifying thing I've ever done. Um, Absolutely. Because I was like, I have reached these goals. I've made all this progress. And I know as soon as I stop, it's going to be game over. But I also knew for my health, it was something I needed to try. So I tried and I'm still trying. And that's, that's really where I would love to hear your journey from when you were tracking to how you stopped, how you learned to trust yourself. Um, And like the first week, for example, that I didn't track, I wrote down every single time I thought I was hungry and to see, am I actually hungry? And I'd learned journaling from you as well. Actually, I picked up that habit. So thank you for just improving lives. Um, But I started to, to write down, am I hungry or am I bored or am I stressed? And I've gotten away from that. I don't have to do that anymore, but I have noticed I'm trying to listen to my cravings more. So am I craving avocados, eggs, and nuts? I'm like, oh, maybe I need some fat. Or so I'm trying to listen to that, um, but it's still scary. I feel like I've, I mean, I have gained a few pounds back that I've lost, but I'm also like, is this, you know, long-term, is this something I should anticipate? Um, when is it going to stabilize? Um, the, the stress is still a little bit there. So I'd love to just kind of get your thoughts um, of how to trust the process or maybe some hurdles maybe you experienced and things that you've, you learned to help alleviate some of that stress. Yeah, totally. Well, first I want to start off by saying that this, you're definitely not alone and that uh, it is really scary. And I think it can be scary in, in both directions, like not tracking at all to going to tracking your food. There's, there's a similar type of fear. And most of the time it's centered around I'm really comfortable here. I'm happy here. I'm going to make this big change. And I don't want to go from having these results, getting all the things that I wanted. And now I want to transition and I don't want to lose all the things that I gained. Mm -hmm. And that's really scary. It's really scary to think that you're going to go backwards when you spent all this time and effort to get to where you are now. Um, So I've been there. I totally, totally get it. So I just want to validate you in that it's hard. This is not an easy thing to do. So my first uh, thought is uh, my husband (laughs) is a heroin addict. And I talk to him all the time about uh, how he went to AA and he no longer goes to AA. Um, He's not 100% completely sober right now. And part of being in AA is about being sober. And so we talk about this thing like what saved you no longer serves you. And it's kind of sounds a little bit like what's going on right here. Like just because weighing and measuring everything you ate saved you in that moment or helped you achieve the results in that moment doesn't mean that it serves you anymore. And it doesn't mean that it's the only way to get where it is that you're trying to go. So I just want to start with that base and the understanding that this is scary. So I just want to start with there. Then I'm going to just kind of ask you a bunch of questions before I other than some like quotes of wisdom, um, provide any type of resources or direction. Uh, I have some questions. So when you went from tracking for a couple of years, which is a long time, and you got all the results that you wanted, would you say that you got to like the place you would like to maintain long-term? Yes. I actually, I honestly feel like I went a little bit low, like leaner. And I was like, oh, this is a little too lean. And I was able to come back and start like go back to where, and I was like, yes, this is where I want to be. Okay. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I got to the place where I, I'm like, okay. I, this is my goal. Perfect. Perfect. Love it. That's awesome. Awesome. Kudos to you. That's a lot of hard work to even get there. Yeah. Uh, and when you went from tracking all the time to intuitive eating, what did that look like? Like, was it just one day I woke up and it's like not tracking all my food today? I'm just going to listen to myself. Definitely not. It was, it was months in the working. So it was a lot of mental preparation, a lot of support from my husband, who has been incredible through all of this, kind of talking with me the pros and cons. I was like, what does it mean for me to intuitively eat and figuring out answering those questions for myself when I before I finally made the change, which the first week I was like, it's been one day of no tracking. Then it was two days. Like I'm I 
celebrated every day for about a month and a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it sounds, you sound like you are very intentional about the way you go about life. I'm sure that the way that you approach nutrition is not, it doesn't just stay here. You approach other things this way too, I'm sure. Uh, And you're, you're very calculated and you're thinking about things and you're going slowly and you're appreciating the process, which is partially why you achieved the results in the first place, because you appreciate the process and you, you took it day by day. Were you always this, this disciplined? Like I'm going to do something, I'm going to gather all the information and then I'm going to, I'm going to stick to it because the things that you mentioned about tracking are things that probably only maybe 3% of people that track their macros actually consider like the different types of cooked ways of cooking your zucchini is not something most people consider. That is so funny that, well, I remember when I was, that's when I first started WAG. Um, that was one of the things like in the onboarding just keep that into consideration. So I went gung ho. I think, I think it's, as I've gotten older, I've been very intentional of if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. And this was such a huge, scary, large part of my life that I made sure everything, all my ducks were in a row, but I still felt like I was going into a dark tunnel. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I ascribe to the same thing of if I'm going to do something, I have to do it a hundred percent or else I don't know if it's working or it's not working. And I don't know if it's me or the thing. So I'm not a hundred percent sure. So do you, do you find, would it be safe to say that you find comfort in I'm doing something a hundred percent. So I know that I know that this is either working or it's not working for me. Yes, definitely. And I definitely felt a lot of comfort in being so meticulous and so precise. I mean, I could baking a cake. I knew I, at one point I baked a cake and I knew the weight, the height, every, how much each bite was. And I liked that. I was like, I take pride in being so like specific, but I, it was compounding a lot of stress, but I definitely found comfort in it. Absolutely. So as you're now transitioning into this intuitive eating, it's a little softer. It's a little more flexible. It's not as clear cut. Like I'm doing this right because with intuition naturally comes this not knowing. That well, yes. it's like knowing coming from within versus knowing coming from externally, which is very different. So it's not it's not a not knowing. I think that's not correct. The intuition comes from inside of you versus somebody telling you these are the rules and you're following the rules. Yes. So it's, and it's scarier. Hundred percent. And, and you're like, do I trust myself? Do I is this like I mentioned if I'm if I'm craving nuts, avocado, and cheese, and I'm like. Should I, okay, I clearly, I, I really want fats. Do I, do I trust myself? Like, and there's no, nothing I can go back and fall onto because I really have to believe in me that my body is like, this is what you're deprived of right now. Right. But it's so hard to trust myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't have this method or this, this system that works for everybody or that this at least system that you know works that you can follow for sure. It's more- yeah could be different every single day. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally get where some of that stress and the anxiety is coming from. Um, about like the trusting yourself piece, you mentioned it a couple times. Like, I'm not sure if I can trust myself. I'm not sure if I can trust myself. When you were tracking your food, um, that requires a lot of trust with yourself to be able to achieve the things that you did achieve. Is there a way that you actually are building trust with yourself in the the time that you have spent. So how long have you spent eating intuitively in total so far? So it ended like October like 28th was day one. <laughs> so even the fact that you remember the day. <laughs> Dang girl, you are cut from the same cloth, my friend. <laughs> so that's so funny. So it's been October. So it's yeah. November, December, January. So it's like been three and a half months. Yes. And you said you gained like a couple pounds. I did. I, so I started with before WAG at 150. Um, by June, I was, so WAG was, I started officially in March. By June, uh, and June, July, August, I was at 140. 
And the weight that I wanted to maintain based on how I felt and everything was 143. And today I'm at 147. Okay. So it's not a huge difference. Um, and in the grand scheme of things, I think, but that's where I'm wondering, I'm, that's, that's the scary part is I want my body at 143. Maybe my body wants to be at 147. Well, or how do you feel about yourself? See, I feel like I've let myself down. I feel like Is I'm it like because no. of the number or because of anything else. If it's you the number. Away, if you were 143 this morning, would you feel the same way? I think I'd feel a little bit more proud of myself. I'd feel. I think. I think it is the number. I think the number is. That's how I measured progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, one thing I have been doing is also going back to another one of your podcasts was the 15 markers. I think it was 15. I've literally sat down and I thought, how was my sleep in? And besides being a little bit having a cold, um, I sleep, I'm working on that. My sleep's been pretty good. How has my recovery been? How has my performance been? We had PR week at our gym and every lift I PR'd. So I'm like, why can't I just trust that my body wants to be, it's, it's four pounds. Why can't I just trust like I, yeah, you said, I keep mentioning it, trust that my body will tell me where it wants to be because by looking at other markers, such as performance, recovery, sleep, relation. Oh, my husband, he goes, this is amazing. Like the fact that we don't talk about your food every day has been the biggest thing in our relationship. That's the biggest hurdles I'm trying to get over is I'm still stuck on this, this number and saying, I'm doing something wrong. I'm doing something wrong. Um, but yeah. maybe I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> so, so you're going from this like disciplined tracking numbers. I know that I'm doing, I know that I'm doing well because I hit my numbers every day. Like I eat the same amount of carbs, fast proteins. That's what I'm supposed to do. And my weight's going down. So I know mm-hmm. I have these like clear cut ways to, to measure progress. And yes. this scale is like a tricky, a tricky thing because we feel like we're kind of in control of it, but you're also not in a lot of ways. So there's the only times you're really in control of the number on the scales when you're doing some weird things like trying to make weight for a weightlifting meet or like you're really trying to like be in control of the of the actual number. There's just so many reasons why that and I know you know this. There's so many reasons why the weight can fluctuate. So mm-hmm. as you're transitioning into something that is more intuitive and it sounds like you're actually doing a really good job. Like, it sounds like you're actually doing, you're thinking about it. You didn't rush into it. You didn't just all of a sudden revert back to old habits that you used to have before. You're still taking care of your fitness. You're still taking care of your sleep. You're thinking about things. So it sounds like you're really doing an amazing job from the past 20 minutes that we've been on this call. Um, Would you be open in this more flexible state to let go of the scale? That's one thing my husband has, he's been so encouraging and he knows there's a fine line with me, but that's the one thing he thinks if he got, he's like, if I just hit the scale, Claudia, I know you're going to be happier. And it doesn't have to be, um, a, like a cut and dry thing. Like, oh, I'm just like going from tracking to intuitive eating didn't have to be this cut and dry thing. It could be being a little bit intentional about it. Like maybe you take a day off and you write about how you're feeling that day and journal about how you're feeling that day and see what happens if you don't have that number to dictate how you're feeling. And a lot of times, oh, and I would struggle with the scale. I would, I would say three things that I feel about myself in any capacity before I got on the scale. And then when you get on the scale, if those things changed, It's like, then you realize, oh, how does this number have the power over me to change what I just already decided that I felt about myself? And it was clear, like, whoa, no, you don't have the power to decide how I feel about myself. I've already decided. It can't change. So it doesn't have to be so cut and dry. You don't have to just, like, let go of the scale and never weigh yourself again. It can also be used to help you in a lot of ways. But that's also tricky. So it could be used to help you, like, let's say – you've, you've been intuitive eating for a while and it sounds like you've kind of been maintaining around the same weight, mm-hmm. even weighing yourself. So it could be a way to actually prove that you can trust yourself 
in that you don't weigh yourself for a couple of days. And then maybe you do. And you're like, I'm pretty much the same. I can actually, <laughs> you know, I can actually, it can be in your favor. Um, the, the key would be that maybe you're just ready to finally let go of that scale. And the key is just to not stop doing all the things that you're doing right now. So just because the scale's gone, doesn't mean you've lost this accountability to taking care of your health, to eating right, to fitness, to all those things. I don't totally fear in this conversation that that would happen with you. Um, that's the one thing I would say to somebody that's going to let go of the scale. It doesn't mean it's like letting go of tracking. It doesn't mean you, you stop eating the 18 vegetables that you ate in a day. It just means that you're using, you're trying something different that suits you more right now where you're at in your life. I think my biggest, and this is, this is the one thing I keep telling my husband is my biggest thing with that is, I don't know if it's an excuse or what, but I think if I hop on the scale every day and the weight is going up, I mean, it's taken three and a half months to go up four pounds and it, it does fluctuate. Um, but my, my fear is I, I, I see it and I can prepare myself and every day I'm like, okay, I can, I can battle this little battle, but I'm afraid that if I do get rid of the scale, and I hop on, I'll be back at 150 and I'll say, oh my gosh, all this work, this, this, all this tracking and I'm back to where I started. And so I feel like at least if I'm monitoring every day, it's like, put, it's like keeping a frog in hot water, bring up to a boil rather than tossing him in boiling water. Totally. Yeah, I get it. And would being back at 150 be starting all over? from a habit forming, learning how to be intuitive, knowing what my body needs, knowing how many carbs I need for working out. No, my default was always yes. But now that you ask it that way, I'm like, it might not be the weight loss. That was the progress. I mean, the weight loss, like if you were, if you had said, I started at 180, I got down to 145. And then my, I actually prefer myself at 150 with, this might be a different conversation, but yeah. you went from 150 to 140, which is actually not like some women fluctuate that all the time. Like it's not, we're women, like cycles happen yes. and water retention. And it's just different for us, it's just different. So it's not like a huge fluctuation, but would being back at 150, where you didn't even want to be 140. So let's say you're 143, right? Yeah. The ideal 143 is this number that we've decided in our head is the, the dream. And would it really be starting over? Because how much have you learned from March of last year all the way till now? Would all that just go away? No. And I've, I've learned, it's scary because to me, it means being less lean. And that's, that's where the weight is because I've associated a specific leanness with 143, too lean with 150, uh, 140, sorry, too lean with 140 and not lean enough at 150. Mm-hmm. So it's more of the aesthetic. If I were to say, like one of the things that I have learned is I eat a little bit of chocolate every day, but I never, ever will binge on anything bad because I don't have the desire because I've through tracking have learned you can eat a little bit. You don't have to wait until Saturday and then eat three pieces of cake. You can eat a quarter of a piece of cake, just enough. It's not going to do that much damage. And I never have these urges. So like that skill, I think is worth so much. And I think I, I need to come to a place where I need to realize are these lessons and the fact that I can go to a restaurant and eat without feeling like I'm going to explode every time I leave, but I can go and have fun with my friends or my family is more important than how I think I look in the mirror. And it's just me. That's the problem. Like my husband's like, you literally look the same, but in my eyes, I'm like a totally different person um, because the scale, like if the scale wasn't telling me, I probably wouldn't see the difference either. But I look at the scale. I'm like, Oh, I see it now. Right. Is it possible that without having the scale, you would get the opportunity to maybe feel different about yourself. And then like, maybe you'd have the opportunity where 
I'm not, you're, you're, eat, you're eating well, you're listening to your hunger cues, you're fueling yourself for performance, you're not binging. And maybe you look in the mirror and you're like, wow, I bet I am 143 right now. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then maybe you're not, but you just feel different about it. It yeah. sounds a little bit like this number is dictating what success is to you, but you know you're already successful at the same time. And it goes back to, I, that's why I was writing down earlier, what saved you no longer serves you. So having tracking so precisely, looking at, oh, I need five ounces of chicken, 465 grams of this vegetable, that number being that precise helped me build those skills that have brought me to where I am today. But maybe that specific number of today, I weigh 146.64 isn't serving me anymore. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's actually changing the way that you're thinking. And you could have some freedom to decide for yourself how you feel about yourself. I guess my Not question an easy is thing to do. Not an easy thing to do. Like no, no, think, no. About, think about from March to June, like when you first started tracking, how difficult it was, and then how much easier it got by the end. Absolutely. This really is the same. Learning any new skill is the same process. Like it's really difficult and it's really hard at the beginning. You fumble, you make mistakes. But I think that I don't think that you need to associate intuitive eating with losing your goals, your aesthetic goals. Like they don't have to be together. You can love the way that your body looks and eat intuitively at the same time. That is possible. So I just want to create that possibility for you and hope for that, that it is, that is possible. And this theme of trust that comes up, you've built so, you even say, I've built so many skills. I have so many habits. That is trust that I can, trust comes from integrity with yourself where I can follow through on my word and I trust that I'm going to do the things that I say I'm going to do. Like when you trust somebody else, it's because you know who they are and you, you, it's predictable the way that they're going to behave. Mm-hmm. You probably feel that way about yourself. Like it's pretty predict. It would be random if you just all of a sudden went off the rails and ate an entire box of Oreos tonight. Yeah. That'd be a little bit strange. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like you kind of do trust yourself a little bit, maybe a lot. It has definitely been a recent progression Um, I've made some other major, major changes, um, for the positive for definitely for in my life that have come from, I think this trust that I have built because that used, which stemmed from tracking. Um, and actually was so funny. I mentioned to my husband the other day, I said, this is another habit I'm going to instill. So I said, I'm reading this book on sleep and I said, I'm going to sleep every day from 10 to 6.30, I'm going to wake up at 6.30. Like I'm going to do it. And I said, you know, I'm going to, because you've seen me, you've seen all my previous things. And it's only been within the last six to 12 months that I have built this, how you always say integrity with myself, where before I was like, I'll try it. But now I know because I have, and I've actually had friends do this when they say something's difficult. I'm like, well, think of all the things you have done that you thought you never could do and write those down and see how well you've, you've done these things. You have the skills and the strength and the knowledge to do this other activity because it's building on the same skills. So, and that's been a recent phenomenon. So I think if I do decide or I, you know, get to that, well, I guess this is another question, but if I do decide to, to have that integrity with myself, I think it's a decision that needs to be made. Um, the one thing I definitely want to go back to because it was so, it, I think it's be super crucial for me. And is you said my perception of myself and how I view myself and versus my leanness or, and my leanness does not have to be separate. I can have this and think positive of myself and intuitively eat. So I was going to, I wanted to ask you, do you believe it's a mind shift change that I need to have? Or do you think with intuitive eating, I can go back down to 143? Or do you think that's not what's even the important thing to consider at this 
I think that all of what you said is possible. Um, and it's, depends on the, it depends on the person. For most people, I would say it's not just a mindset thing. Like going to intuitive eating and also loving the way that you look. It's not just, I think that it, it can be a little bit dangerous saying for some people, dangerous is a big word, but just a little bit tricky for some people when you say it's just a mindset shift, because then it can think like, oh, I can just eat what I want. And if I just, my mindset changes around it, then I'm still going to love my body, which I don't necessarily think is true. I still think you have to do the things, take out weighing and measuring your food that you were eating the way that you were treating your body, the way that you were working out, the intention that you had around recovery, that can't go away. Weighing and measuring your food did not get you the results that you got. It was part of a huge puzzle of things. There was so many things that you changed about your life that helped you be successful. The thing that measuring and tracking your food does is that it, it creates this very clear way to be disciplined and this like way to know that you're you're controlling as many variables as possible. But when you become disciplined in one area, you automatically become disciplined in all of the areas around it. So you have to be more disciplined with your training. You have to be more, like maybe you learned how to cook your food more, got more into cooking your food and loved it. You were more aware of what it is that you were actually eating where before you track, maybe you just eat whatever and you don't even think about it. Like, have I eaten a vegetable in a week? Like some people just don't know. Or am I eating protein at all? where some people just don't love protein, but they don't notice that they're not getting mesh at all. Yeah. Um, so all of the other skills and things that you learned around tracking can be completely separated from weighing, measuring your food and weighing your body. Those have to stay too and continue to evolve and continue to grow and continue to build. Like you're learning about sleep right now. And you know, th- those, those have to stay. You can't just be a mindset thing. You also have to be in action implementing things in your life which for you I don't feel like that's as big of a concern for you the mindset piece around the the scale dictating how you feel about yourself I think is is definitely a huge thing because there even the second I said are you open to getting rid of the scale people listening to this can't see but your whole face changed everything about you like kind of <laughs> kind of a it was like stiffened up like everything's stiffened up and it that's usually a sign that that you're holding on to something that that you you know it's like you're ambivalent about it like you know you don't want it but you also want it at the same time yes 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 thing that you're you're very ambivalent about it you're like oh but it kind of makes me feel good (laughs) like and also makes me feel bad at the same time so um I do think for you, a mindset thing around just the number on the scale is helpful. And I also think that you can eat, if you can, part of conquering that and feeling better about yourself, regardless of what the number on the scale says, can lead to eating in a way that just has you maybe being leaner. It's, it is possible. That is definitely possible that you're eating to feel yourself for performance and you're eating to, and I don't know exactly like how lean you were, if that's something you should, so I don't have those details, but it is possible that just appreciating your body more and loving your body more and not seeing the number go up and being a little bit stressed and frustrated about that can translate to making better food habits, eating a little bit less and not searching for comfort in those types of things. You got what I'm saying? I do. I want to know your thoughts on humans being able to trust our cravings if we are trying really hard to be in tune. I know there's a difference between craving a cheeseburger versus craving a variety. Like I said, if you're craving fruits and you are craving bread or sweet potatoes or rice, and you're like, wait a second, I'm noticing a pattern. What are your thoughts on but it, I, I mean, it is interesting that you said that the results were not, did not come from the strict tracking because in my mind, as I'm looking back and I'm seeing the weight go up, I'm like, it's because I hit exactly 83 grams of fat and exactly 265 grams. Of I'm like, that's why. The thing and is, like, I could have probably given you a different set of numbers and you could have gotten the same results. Different coach probably would have given you not exactly the same. 
and adjusted things a little bit differently. And you probably could have gotten the same results. It's impossible for it to be just that. I think that provided you comfort. It gave you accountability. It helped you build discipline. And then it helped you get the habits all around it. But it can't be the whole answer. And you can't believe that it's the whole answer because then you'll be stuck in this. I need it. Like, I need it. I need it. I need it. But it just was a tool. Like, AA was a tool for Michael. It was a tool to help him get to a place where he was okay without it. If he would have started, if he would have drank a beer in his first year of AA, he might not have ended up where he's at right now. AA taught him so much, so much. He still uses the 12 steps today where he still is doing a lot of, like he remembers the steps and he still uses them today. He just doesn't go to meetings. So it's, it's kind of, does that like the, the, it's kind of the same thing. And it's almost like the ultimate sense of freedom. And some people don't want to let them have them that much freedom. They think that's, that's, I can't have that. I can't have that much freedom. I can't be that free and just eat what I want. And also ha- like, I can't have it all, but you're not actually what I think is true when I can't have it all is like, no, you can't eat a whole pizza and ice cream and beer and achieve yours all at the same time. But you actually can have it all. Like you can have it all. You have all the behaviors, all the habits. You've built the skills. You've done the work. You can have it all. And it, it wasn't, I mean, I have not tracked my food for a very long time. I still check in with a coach every single week. She, for me, that piece of the accountability of just having somebody to be like, this is how I feel about my food this week. This is how I feel about things. Like even just if you use your husband as a tool for it, or if he's not the best, like having somebody as an accountability for me is really helpful but I don't track my food and just, I still, I can have it all because I still don't eat cake whenever I want. And I don't, I don't use it as an excuse to behave the way that I behaved when I wanted to change. I think, I believe it was you who said that um, something equals freedom or like discipline equals. Yes. Now, yeah, that type of freedom, I I agree. Like, because we can be so disciplined, if we really do pay attention to this, we can be free. And you are very disciplined without tracking. Without tracking your food and without weighing your body, you are very disciplined. Like, I just have only spoken to you for 40 minutes, and I know for certain you have (laughs) built the skill of being very disciplined. I can already tell for sure. And that is, you can trust in yourself in that for sure. So, I mean, it, it seems like the next per growth, the development that it should occur in my life as I've stopped to track is understanding that there is something holding me back, which is the scale, which is this number. And, and that could be one of a couple of things. It's just the one thing that came up in this conversation. I honestly think that is the yeah. thing that is because... <laughs> Do you think it's possible that getting on the scale and seeing 147 is creating this like kind of like damper on your day and a little bit of stress and anxiety around your food choices, which is making it harder for you to actually tap into your intuition? Yes, 100%. 100%. I, when it went up from 146 to 147 and stayed there for a few days, I was like, you know, around three o'clock, it's always I'm two to three o'clock. I eat my pre-workout vegetable and then I eat my pre-workout fruit. <laughs> um, and I was like, well, I can't, I can't because the weight went up and that, which goes totally against my whole idea of what intuitive eating is because if I'm hungry and my body needs something and it's usually, I try to feed it with veggies first. Um, I always hit my protein. So <laughs> don't worry about that, but I'm always hitting my protein every day and then filling it in with veggies and then trying to add some carbs around workout. And I also have no problem hitting my fats, but I, I did notice absolutely that I've started to make behavior changes around food because of this number. And my husband, every morning when I come downstairs, he can tell if it was a good day or a bad day based on my mood, which is again, influencing our relationship. For sure. And it's also, that's what I mean by you can have the aesthetic goals that you want and eat intuitively because if you're stepping on the scale and you see a number that you don't like, and then you change the way that you're eating, that has a ripple effect. So you eat a little bit less today, that makes you a little bit hungrier tomorrow, and then maybe you eat a little bit more tomorrow, and you're not tracking it, so you don't, it's not the same every day. And so 
that actually can be changing the scale. And it's kind of this like cycle, this vicious cycle of I'm now restricting myself and then I'm going to want, my body's going to be asking me for more instead of actually being able to pay attention to your intuition. It seems like the scale is blocking you from being able to do what it is you're really trying to do. I feel like that's almost where a lot of the damage is occurring. Um, because even when I remember the very first, this was so funny. The first set of macros I got from my coach at WAG, I wrote back and I said, these are way too high. <laughs> I said, this isn't going to work. I'm going to gain too much weight. And she's like, no, you need your body to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And I think feeling safe is crucial for a female's body so that she can maintain her period. And as my cycles are getting longer and longer, my body's not feeling safe. So maybe it's this me looking at the scale subconsciously or consciously adjusting and being like, oh, well, the scale is against, you're going against your intuition. Against my intuitive eating. I'm like, oh no, (laughs) like anti-intuitive eating. This is not good. I can totally guess who your coach is too, based off of that. (laughs) Can I guess? Yeah. Was it Ashley? No. Was it Katie? It was Alexa. What? Okay, I'm totally off. Alexa. Good yeah. That's she would she would have been my third guess. <laughs> <laughs> Should have just had you keep guessing. But no, that was I remember that. And I thought, because I had sent her my my quote, the numbers I was tracking with, and she way surpassed those. And I'm like, uh-uh. And what the crazy thing is, a D is that every week after that, we increase them more and more and more and more. And I'm like, this is, so now my husband and I just go around telling people, make sure you're feeling properly. You need to eat enough in order to, to perform. And because we do, we do CrossFit and we go six days a week and it was just amazing. And I also had an injury in that time. And I wrote in my little check-in, I said, we need to cut these back. I'm not working out as much. And I actually had a sub coach for a week and both the sub coach and Alexa said, no, 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 no. We're not cutting anything back. And I'm like, but I trusted them. They were an outside source that I trusted that I wasn't like looking in my inside myself and saying like, oh, Claudia doesn't know what she's doing. I was like, no, I, I trust them. I will do what they did. And the results were there. So I'm wondering if, if I view myself like my own coach of listen to your body, get rid of the scale stop looking at the number and go based off, obviously, how are clothes fitting? How am, am I eating all the vegetables? Am I make, I do know based off tracking exactly what I need to eat to hit my protein, which is important to me for recovery and everything like that. But it's the carbs and the fat that I'm like, let's play around with this. If I can learn to view myself like I viewed them without this, me looking at the scale and being having that number in the back of my head was prop to me as my own coach was the equivalent of me telling Alexa, you need to cut my weight. You you need to cut my macros back. You need. And she's like, no, trust me. I I got this under control. And I was saying, are you sure? Okay. But with me, I keep saying, Claudia, you need to, you need to not eat even though you're hungry. And I don't like my reasonable Claudia is being like, oh, well maybe, maybe I shouldn't eat that. Maybe I, I I know I'm hungry, but maybe it's not there. So maybe I should start looking at myself like I would have like I looked at my coach and you say coach right now. And it's like, also have some compassion for yourself. You've only been doing this since March. It's been almost a year. So you had however many years before then to develop this Claudia that t- tells you maybe I should eat less. That Claudia is way stronger, way, way stronger. The fact that you even notice them is a huge, huge step in the right direction. The fact that you can even notice that, oh, I hear that Claudia talking to me and saying that, and I don't know if I should believe it or not. The fact that you even have that type of self-awareness is massive, but that person has been, that voice has been there for way longer than any of these new voices. They need some, like, you got to beef them up. Yeah. Oh gosh. If I, Adi, if I walk away here and I call my husband, because I'm going to see him, obviously, tonight at the gym. Or, um, I was thinking that. He's going to be pumped. <laughs> he is literally, I don't even know. if I And I, hearing your thoughts and hearing you say all these things about, I am making progress. This is progress. I, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, 
first I'm going to journal about it. <laughs> and then I'm going to sit down. Like, that's how the day I quit tracking, I think I have like four pages of just, just notes. And that morning I was like, this is officially the day. So it was like months and then like one evening of just verbal diary onto a page. I think what you're saying is by having the scale, I'm not actually trusting the intuitive eating process. It's definitely, it's swaying you. Yes. Intuition is from inside and the scale is outside. So the scale is like this external piece of data that's affecting the way that you're thinking when right now you want to be focusing on what's inside. The way I feel, the way my body feels, the way my body looks, the way I'm performing, that's like all coming from inside you. Anything external that's making you change that can be swaying you from not being able to like really tap into that intuition. That's so true. When you stopped tracking, how did you really hone in on that? I know you check in with, and I didn't realize that you check in with a coach, but you don't track. That's awesome. I like that. And I didn't think that those, I don't know why, but I didn't even think to myself that those two things were compatible, that you could have a coach to check in regarding your approach to food without the meticulous tracking. So what was your, as you continue to check in, but not track, um, what are those things that you do to help really be intuitive, to strengthen that intuition and that trust? Yeah. The, the, biggest things that I do is I also journal every day and I check in with how I'm feeling mentally, physically, and emotionally. And I also, I, for me, I know what my lead domino is. And this is different for everybody. For me, the lead domino for me is moving my body. So if I get into the gym for at least 30 minutes of high intensity, four times a week, and I, and I move my body 30 minutes a day. So that's just like I go for a walk or I do yoga or I do something for 30 minutes every day. If I do that, for me, that's the lead domino that leads to making different decisions everywhere else. So that's what it is for me. So mm-hmm. I just through trial and error figured out that if I'm moving my body intentionally every single day for at least 30 minutes and working out four or five times a week, I know I'm naturally going to make better decisions around my food. I'm going to feel better about my body. And that the weight range for me is, is pretty large. Like I can feel great within like a 15 pound range on the scale. I realized that it's, I don't need to rely on the numbers as much as I do about how I look, feel, how my clothes are fitting and all of those things. Um, I just found for me that the, the, biggest needle mover is moving my body. And that doesn't, isn't necessarily the same for everybody else. Like for some people, it might be um, eating more vegetables or limiting sugar intake. Like I, I have boundaries around food. I'll, I'll only have sugar once a week, like processed sugar. But I only have processed sugar once a week, but it sounds like you have a couple pieces of chocolate every night and you're totally cool. So yeah. it, what works for me might not be a hundred percent what works for you, but I operated under what are the things that if I have boundaries around or discipline around make the biggest difference in my overall health and wellness? Uh-huh. And for me, that was moving my body and um, having some boundaries around sugar. Because remember, I, I don't know if you know this, but I come from, Michael was a heroin addict. I feel like I was a food addict. Like I did weird things around food when I was younger for the first 16 years of my life where I was... I was behaving like an addict around food and mostly around sugar. So for me, I can't just have complete freedom. I can, but it's, it doesn't feel good. I don't feel good eating processed sugar every day. Do you think that having behaved, like you say, quote, like an addict around sugar, is that the reason why it's still something that you check in with a coach while it's keep just like, you know, Michael still goes through the 12 steps every day. Is it something that you work on every day? Michael's it's a more potent example because it's so clear. Mm-hmm. He's addicted to drugs, like hard drugs, opiates. It was definitely a big no-no. I think food is sometimes a little bit more gray. Um, he, If he doesn't 
take care of his mental, physical, and emotional well-being, he can get back into some, some weird little habits around substances. And it, it will happen. And if he notices himself doing some weird things around substances, he it's like a check. Like, am I doing the things that I need to do to take care of myself physically, mentally, and emotionally? And right now, he knows what those things are. So for him, it's having a morning routine. For him, it's having um, – we still both have – coaches slash therapists that we speak to, to have an external outside of our relationship person to hear our thoughts and emotions. And we move our bodies and and eat healthy. And if he doesn't do those things, then he can go back to his old habits because they're deeper, they're stronger, they're, they've, we've spent a lot of time building them. And you've spent a lot of time building your mindsets and habits. So now it's about swaying things the other way but you can't just it's not like um you get a knee replacement like you had this bad knee and then you get a new knee and the, well, the yeah. bad knee's not there anymore they're still there um so if I stopped being accountable and I'm an obliger I need some something external if it's just on me I won't do it I have five emails in my inbox right now that are unread they've been unread for weeks because whatever is required in there only affects me and nobody else cares if I get them done or not. So I just like need the external accountability. And I just know that about myself. So if I don't have the accountability, if I don't move my body, I notice that I start doing some weird things again. I start, you know, being lazy or getting extra servings of food or eating in the pantry. Like while I'm like I'm cooking, but I'll like grab a couple chips on my way to cook. Like I'll start doing some things like that, which is not how I want to treat myself. So you, it sounds like you and Michael both have checks in place that as you're experiencing this freedom by practicing discipline, when you start having these checks, which signal, hey, this is not as disciplined as some of the other things you're doing. And that kind of helps you. And then you obviously have enough discipline to reel yourselves back in. Yeah, because we've spent a long time building the discipline and we trust in our ability to stay true to our word and go back to the habits that we are trying to build. We, yeah. we have that trust in ourselves, which I'm saying you also have it too. You just, you haven't totally realized it yet. You haven't totally, because it's new. It's kind of new. Yeah. But you do, you can start trusting that even if you did, and this is not to say I've never gone like off track for sure. I've gotten to a place where I'm like, wow, I am not taking care of myself right now. And it's been like a long time where I haven't been taking care of myself, but I trust that I can, I have built all these skills and habits. They're not going anywhere. If you ever felt like you needed to go back to tracking to recalibrate, you still have those set of skills. It's not not like gone. You don't just right now in your life, it doesn't work. Yeah. What saved me no longer serves me for now. And maybe it will at some point. I, that's actually one thing that my husband and I've talked about. I'm like, hey, I think if I ever go back to tracking, um, it will probably be, and this is what I know consciously, even though I, I'm like, now I'm like, I want to track again because I have this fear of like, why? Why is the scale going up? But I know it's not the right time. I know it's not out of love that I want to do it. But I know like, let's say after we have kids, um, I'm gonna, you know, after done breastfeeding, I could definitely see myself being out of love, wanting to get back to where I was through tracking to help build those skills. And maybe, maybe that's true. And I bet when you track again, you'll do it differently. That's so true. Probably you wouldn't do it the same. You probably won't have the time to do it the same and you'll just use it in a totally different way. And I'll have more skills that I'm developing now to apply and to sharpen then. Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> you still have all these intuitive skills where on a day where you can't track a hundred percent of the day, you're going to have compassion for yourself. And you're like, no, I trust that I'm, you know, I've tracked up to dinner. I'm good. I can like make good choices at this meal. How long for you was it that you finally felt comfortable with not tracking? Mm-hmm. You tracked for a lot longer than I have. Yeah. I tracked my food. Well, I mean, I've been on top of my nutrition for actually 14 years. So I started tracking when I was 16 in a different kind of way. It was more like a points type of system. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I took a break and then I actually like 
got a little bit off track, came back, and then I tracked for from 2012. So it's 2020, so like six years probably. And it's probably been two years since I've really done much. It took a long time to feel comfortable without it. And I had to have lots of conversations and I messed up a lot of times, a lot. Like I went, I went over, I didn't like my body. I wasn't working out as much as I wanted to, especially when I wasn't an athlete anymore. And I wasn't like super focused on training. I had to deal with that too. Like what do why do I even exercise if I don't, if I'm not an athlete? Like what's the point? It's like an ever evolving and now I'm pregnant. So now it's like, now I have to figure out, you know, I'm eating to fuel this growing baby and my body is for sure changing in so many ways. It's also happening very quickly. And I don't think 17 weeks is slow. My husband's like, I don't know, like that's like four months, you know, it's not that long or it is a long time. Like, no, this is quick. Like this change has happened quick. Um, And then it's like, what will it be like after that? It's, I stick to the foundations. I still do the foundations. I take care of my mental, physical, and emotional health as best as I possibly can. And how that happens, I think will look different at every different point in my life. Maybe I'll work out less. Maybe I'll work out more. Maybe I'll track my food less or more or weigh myself or not weigh myself. I think all of that is up for debate, but it's important to me that I'm still taking intentionally monitoring my mental, physical, and emotional well-being. And hearing from you has, it's been like, oh my gosh, if a D who's, this is her career, this is her life. She has gone to trial and error and continuous progress and different things has been like, okay, Claudia, like you can do it. Like you can. And if I remove the scale, if I have my husband hide it for a month or two months, and it turns out I don't weigh myself for a year. That doesn't mean that I never have to weigh myself ever again. It. It's just right now I'm working on something, how you mentioned, because now you, you mentioned the 30 minutes a day is your lead domino. But obviously when you were competing, it was probably way more than that. And you didn't have to intentionally move for 30 minutes a day because it was a natural part of your schedule. Mm-hmm. But now it's something you have to add in. So I love hearing from you, your side, your experience, and being able to like mirror that into mine. It's sometimes it's nice to have someone, you see someone and progress, they're doing something and you're like, wow, it's really working. How can I apply that similarly to me? Because I've never done this before. I've never gone from tracking to not tracking. Like the whole experience is new. You're going to gain comfort as you're doing it. There's, there's knowledge from learning and understanding, and there's knowledge from experience and you can't gain that knowledge from experience without taking action. And you're going to just get more confident and more comfortable as you're doing it and you're feeling great and the world hasn't ended. And all of those stories that you have in your head of what will happen if I don't get on the scale, they don't come true. And then you're like, oh, okay, I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. You're awesome. So I think you should just be, first of all, super celebrate yourself because you've accomplished a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. You've gotten to a place that a lot of people really struggle to get to in the first place. And there's so much that people listening to this can learn from you. And I have no doubt that you are going to take this conversation and you're going to implement it right away. And you're going to use your discipline to be able to uh, get more in touch and more free uh, with your intuition. So you're awesome. I really celebrate you for sure. Thank you, Adi. Thank you so much for letting me share what's been, I mean, weighing on me, like literally impacting me from them because it's I weigh myself in the morning from the second I get out of bed all day to how I eat throughout the day to now I'm going to I'm going to journal about it. I'm going to tell my husband and he, you're going to be his new favorite person. <laughs> I can only imagine. So I just, I really appreciate you. Like I said, taking the time to speak with me about something that's been weighing on me. Um, and hopefully people listening in will also feel that they don't have to be, I mean, in a weird way, like it is like I'm a slave to the skill and I'm practicing what I think is intuitive eating, but you've shown me that I'm not really being that intuitive because I'm subconsciously letting other things influence that. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm about to start a brand new journey of really just trusting myself, continuing all the skills and habits. Um, 
without the added impact of what does the weight say today? Yes. Yes. Amen. I like it. It's scary. Let me tell you, I'm terrified. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Stay in touch by signing up for our newsletter at workingagainstgravity.com or on Instagram at workingagainstgravity. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and refer a friend. We'll be back next week with another episode. Talk to you then.